0: Every single episode can't be the banger, but every episode can still inform the general thesis for different characters. You always have to come into it with an open mind. You have to give it enough time. And I think I'm enjoying it more because our conversations.
1: to Krypton to Alderaan. I'm Joey, your Star Wars lover, and with me is Royish Good Looks. Hello, podcast. Hello, Joey. Hello. And we're the podcast that analyzes nerdy pop culture stuff, but it's mostly Star Wars. And this episode, we'll be discussing The Bad Batch, season two, episode 10, Retrieval. But first... We're doing a lot on social media. Come check us out. Find us. Just search Krypton to Alderon and subscribe to us on YouTube. Not only do these full episodes go up on YouTube, but we've also been making shorts. Nice little consumable highlights from our episodes. So make sure you subscribe and keep up with all our content. Those are all the things I have to say. Royce, let's talk about The Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 10, Retrieval. Here is my synopsis. This is always fun. I really like making these synopses and I don't share them with Royce beforehand, so it's always a surprise. And I make them five minutes before recording this episode, so it's also a surprise to me. Yeah, this has become one of my favorite parts too. Like, it's, it's a little <laughs> bit of
0: a trope now. I look forward to it. Yeah, <laughs> lay it on me. Awesome.
1: gunky to the rescue! Stranded on an unknown world, Clone Force 99 is shipless and rationalist, but never hopeless. When Omega traces Ganki's binary reference code, it reveals the location of the stolen Marauder. With the ship still on world, the Batch sets out to retrieve their home, not expecting this mission to reveal sinister forces working underground, exploiting not only the planet, but the people.
0: Put that on the DVD box set. (laughs) I like that. Rationless, hopeless. That was some good. uh, Is that alliteration? Whatever that is there. That worked. Rhyming.
1: (laughs) Alliteration, but it's at the end of the word. Right. I think that's called rhyming. I think it's rhyming. I should should know this. (laughs) It's like poetry. It alliterates. Yeah, that's very funny. (laughs) Um, Royce. I don't have any notes. Do you have any notes?
0: No notes. (laughs) I think that one of the most interesting things about this week, in this episode this week, is that you texted me and was like, uh, so what are we going to talk about? And I had not seen the episode yet. And I think that primed me for let me dig in deep. Let me really get to the core of what's going on here. Because it is the stereotypical, quote unquote, side quest. If this was an album, this would be, you know, a deep cut album track you know maybe not the single mm-hmm. here's the thing i do have a lot of notes it picks up where they left off you you said this last week i hope the episode rolls into it even though you you don't have notes on this so this is a side questy sort of thing <laughs> it's really satisfying to start where you ended in any Agreed. story like if they just picked up anywhere else and there's a gap in time we can fill in gaps but there's something really nice that okay we know they're stranded and now they're trying to be unstranded they're picking up on that thread or we didn't just do yep. a, a story with Crosshair. By the way, you know, where's Crosshair? He's not He's yep. not been around, but we didn't jump to a totally different thing. We picked up the thread, which I appreciated. And it made sense, you know, they're going back for their ship. And again, like you said last week, Gonky's still on the ship. So right away, Omega was like, we need power. Oh, Gonky. And then immediately we cut back to the Marauder. Now we know what's going on. They're going to get the ship. That's the episode. Once again, whether or not you like the side story, side quest episode, they set you up in that first scene exactly what to expect. Again, I appreciate that. I don't think we can understate that when you're going in with expectations of what's gonna happen in this episode. Is it gonna be what I want it to be? Well, they at least they tell you here's what's gonna happen. So I'm not, I'm not mad at that. You had mentioned again, this is a canonless thing, this planet, this mm. ipsium. Now we spent two episodes here and we've yep. liberated this facility and they they shouted out the techno union. It was a little bit more world-building than you might expect on the surface. I also got a lot of parallels with it had the sort of Mad Max vibe of there's these people scavenging for junk in the desert, ruled by this overlord who's not giving rations and water to everyone. Like it was very much right. that. And also maybe Ray and Jack if you're looking for the alliteration in this episode. Mm. You know, she's scavenging <laughs> for rations, right? Yeah. And she's trying to leave her home world that she also can't leave. And I thought I saw a lot of parallels with that as well. And there's much more I think we'll dive into.
1: I'm going to jump off the soapbox now. Yeah, I agree. I really like that they picked up where we left off and Gonky. Yeah. Just like we predicted last week. Not exactly what I had in mind, but we're still going to count it. He didn't really save the day. Yeah, and like no little arm popped out and electrocuted the thief, which is kind of more in line of what I was expecting. But I'm still going to count it as a win for us. And yeah, you know, it's interesting because I was seeing parallels. I did not pick up on a parallel between Benny and Ray and that situation. But I kind of was picking up on parallels. Obviously. Between Benny and Anakin and these enslaved people that no one knows about, no one knows they're there. They don't even know that like the stuff that they're mining is a good quality thing. They have no truthful information and no one knows they're there. It felt like a big part of Star Wars. It felt like a very Star Wars y thing, even if this was, even if this ended up feeling like a little bit more of a side questy episode. I hate to say those words, but that whole idea felt very Star Warsy to me. I also saw parallels between this and Andor and Cassian, where we first pick up with Cassian on Kanari, and it's obvi- it's like a world devastated by mining and stuff like that. So, so yeah, some alliteration in there. That's, <laughs> I think... Also with Narkeena 5, where they're in prison, they don't know what they're
0: making, and they're being lied to, and, you know, the people in true. charge are taking advantage of the lower class, you know?
1: Yes, very true. I'm glad that the, I'm glad that this is the conversation we're having, because as I was like making these connections in my brain, I was also thinking, is this a stretch? Is this just because I didn't uh, I wasn't that intrigued by all that was going on in this episode? So I'm like forcing to make these connections. So I'm glad that you're bringing them up as well. You're Welcome. <laughs> So we're we're making these parallels to these other Star Wars characters and Benny. Benny is a kid who stole the Marauder. He's a slave in this Ipsium mine, and a couple of weeks ago, with the episode with Gunji, you had brought up this Omega with friends idea. Omega keeps meeting these people her age, but she's not able to stay with them. She's not necessarily able to like grow up as uh, like a kid could. And she keeps having to, like, leave these people that she meets behind that are her age. And so they were off to a little bit of a bumpy start in this episode. But I think it ended with that theme coming into play here a little bit. You had said that you thought that they were going to ask Gunji to go with them after that episode with the Wookiees. I thought at the end of this one, they were going to ask Benny to go with them.
0: I think that's another brilliant way to design the way they're telling the stories that you fall in love with this brand new character through that one arc. Then you're thinking, oh, they'll join the Bad Batch and the Bad Batch will amass this team. And that's not not the way it goes. They never have adopted a new character, right? Except for Omega, as I right. think, right? So Gunji needs to be with the Wookiees. He needs to be on Kashyyyk and like protect that. Like he went back there basically to like help keep them together. He should obviously be with his people. And same thing with Benny here. He could have left and been like, "Cool, I'll go live with with you guys and do bad batch stuff." Like, no, he's <laughs> like he should be in the mine helping all the all the miners. He wanted to rise to the top of that society. So that makes more sense that he can be there and like he said, "Now we can distribute the wealth between all of us." So that character couldn't go with the bad batch. But as you mentioned, they have a sweet connection at some point that They kind of started off as rivals where Omega's like, you steal, like stealing's not good. That's not a skill. Like you stole our ship. It's not cool. You know, he kind of double crosses Omega at one point. He's sort of conflicted in that. In the end, they find common ground. That's sweet. And you have to leave him where he is, you know? And like you're saying, it's canonless. But now we know that that dude's there, right? And Omega's jumping around the galaxy and she's got all these little pinpointed friends all over. I love that. That's Omega, and that's what's great about this show. They don't have to join the Bad Batch. Before we were recording, you were mentioning text line at the end of like, we're all out there. Maybe that is part of it. Like, they're finding all these good people. Some of them need a little help along the way, but the good people are, in fact, out there.
1: Yep, I agree. As much as we talk about our expectations and speculate on stuff we might want to see happen, as negative as that can be sometimes, I think... We always have fun with it and discuss it in a fun way, and we're not necessarily burned if it doesn't go exactly the way we thought or wanted. Uh, But with what you're saying about Omega having all of these connections all over the galaxy, going back to another thing we were talking about, which is like the potential for Omega's political future, I love the idea of her having these connections out there. She has a connection on Ryloth with Hera, and we know Hera goes and helps the rebellion. So there's that. She has a connection to the Wookiees and anything they might need. Now she has this connection to Benny and his people. Whether or not she stays maybe like a do-good mercenary kind of person or a political figure that can like pull in all of these different peoples from all around the galaxy, and that becomes like part of her strength as a leader, I would love to see that. Another thing you mentioned last episode was Omega's confidence, seeing her become, you know, more into her own and her level of confidence. And that was all she was in this episode. They immediately break up the squad and she goes off on her own with Benny. So she doesn't have the safety net. Again, she's off on her own. In the last episode, Tech came in. In this episode, you know, eventually everyone gets back together, but it's not exactly the same. You know, she doesn't have the safety net of the Clone Force 99 and she's off on her own and she's saying things like you stole the wrong ship which i loved that line i mean i just loved like how confident she was in that and then of course again skipping ahead the jump at the end she's being held by the droid and she jumps off of the walkway knowing that hunter will catch her having confidence that hunter will catch her but also just showing the incredible bond and trust no matter what happens no matter how much we've talked about the Bad Batch, like potentially breaking up and going their separate ways and stuff. In that moment, none of that mattered because she put every bit of trust into her brothers and it worked out. And I loved that. And you know what? Omega is still great, even after maybe some quest not questions about her being great, but some questions last episode about her emotions. And, uh, you know, she's mad that... She's mad at what happened on Topoka City, and she's upset that Echo left and was upset that Tech didn't care. But this episode, we see that she is still just an incredibly kind, no matter how pissed she is that this kid stole her ship, she still is, like, giving him her rations when he helps them out, and she's very kind to him. And it was just really, really heartwarming to see that Omega after maybe a few episodes of Rightfully so, dealing with her emotions and response to all the negative stuff that was going on.
0: That was one of the best scenes in this episode when they're in that control room stealing the data. Right as they go into that, Benny hits a little button and you're like, oh, he must have alerted people or whatever to show up there. He's he's thinking a couple steps ahead. They're stealing the data. Omega's like, dude, if you don't like this Mako guy, if you don't want to be a miner, leave. And he says, well, this is my home. You know, I can't leave. And Omega says, well, the ship was our home. We can't leave that. Beautiful connection there. She offers him the rations. I don't remember what happened there, but he, they must've been talking about how they don't get a lot of food or whatever. He takes care of them, but Omega was saying they don't. I I don't remember how that came up, but yeah, she gives him the rations, which is like, dude, he already stole your rations. And he knows Mm -hmm. that, you know, Omega doesn't know that. He ate the, the, the candy bar on the ship or whatever. And Omega, even without knowing that, but knowing that he stole the ship, Gives him the rations, and he's like, "Oh, wow!" In that moment where they're connecting, they play the beautiful, you know. Mm. They play it on the flutes and the the woodwinds, and there's like a little harp in the background. It's a really pretty moment. It's touching, and then it swells into some some ominous chords, and they they hit this little tritone stab on like the the horns or something, a little bit brighter, and it's a perfect. Whoop. Well, he knows that. Omega's being so kind to me and she doesn't need to be because I'm being a jackass. But they Mm. play this chord that lets you know like there's still unresolved conflict about to happen. And man, that was such a great little little nugget there. When you hear the tritone, it's not good. That's when you hit something in (laughs) Windows and you get the blue screen of death. You know, like, and you get that little sound effect that you're not supposed to be doing what you're doing there. He has already set Omega up for failure there. But he's realizing she is actually someone I should be Aligned with and not Mako And then when Mako shows up You're like which way is he going to go Which Mm. another music theory note If you have a tritone it's just two notes And without further context You could resolve it in one of two directions Actually I I think you can do it more than that But there's a couple different chords You could potentially go to After just a simple dyad Of tritone So is Mako going to throw Or is Mm. Benny going to throw Omega under the bus Or is he going to help her dark side, light side. We're watching a Star Wars. Hell yeah. (laughs) In that moment, he does throw her under the bus, but he does save the data. He comes around in the end. So that was a really awesome moment, I thought, at least for Benny's character development. Omega was being classic Omega. That's great for Benny. And now he's going to lead those people and do the right thing and share share the wealth from the generosity that he saw from Omega. Totally awesome.
1: I love that connection to the music and the way I just love that music theory stuff. The music being able to go the same direction as like the show is or the character could go. I love that. And also, I I didn't pick up on that moment, but like, Maybe that's Omega's theme. I think that's
0: just the Bad Batch theme, or maybe it's more of Omega's theme. They, you know, they they play it at the end of the episode, sort of thing.
1: Either way, I love the idea of like Omega kind of infecting these characters with her theme and then it like leading to those questions within those characters that, that there's also musical notes for or whatever. But just like her spreading her kindness and her theme it's a very kind theme it just sounds nice and so i love the idea of that going into the galaxy wherever she goes i love this music talk (laughs) we should do more of this music talk stuff i think the tritone
0: can resolve in four different ways depending on what other context is around it i might be wrong about that but it's like it's that light side dark side thing you could go up you could go down yeah which
1: is great Designed by the, the composers, obviously. Great uh, aspect of the storytelling, I think. I wish I knew how to talk about it more. Kiner Brothers, do it again! Yes, that's, all. that's that's all there always is to say. They are incredible. I just listen to that music sometimes. So what do you think about this? At the end of the episode, Benny says to Omega, if you ever need a thief, I owe you one. Do you think that she's going to need a thief? That seemed like way too like on the nose as a setup to where like they'll have to go back there. They'll need Benny for something.
0: I think that's another great writing moment like J.J. Abrams mystery box. Like whenever we need that archetyped, we can bring Benny in for that. Whenever we need a a Jedi, (laughs) we could bring Gunji in. I think again with our expectations like that maybe not be the case. That's not the point of why we met Benny. Benny is just another everyday person out in the galaxy that needed help along the way. And Omega provided that for him. But of course, that if they needed to rise up, they could mm-hmm. they could turn to each other. I love that you brought up the thief thing again. Obviously, this episode's called Retrieval. They're getting their ship back. That was stolen. And stealing was a huge, huge theme. Mako calls Benny his thief. My thief caught another thief. I think it's interesting that he said, whenever you need another thief, call me up. Uh, initially, Omega said stealing is not a skill, which, of course, it's it's a skill. It's just not a good uh, more moral skill to have. Right. And at the end, you know, he's like, hey, I could help out. And I think that's an interesting framing. I'm not sure how Omega feels about that. I think there are several episodes where the Bad Batch is stealing stuff. That's kind of also the business they're in. Which is, yeah, I think that's the other interesting rabbit hole here that maybe we don't need to go down. But, like, they steal stuff. The treasure, the thing inside of the cave on that other cannonless planet, the Zepho looking planet. You know, they're mm. always trying to steal stuff. They're working for, like, a criminal syndicate person, sort of, in a way. And they meet Mako. Mako stole their ship. And at one point, Mako was, like, sentencing them to working in the mines for stealing when he stole their ship, they wanted to retrieve their ship. it was so funny. Uh yeah. everyone's stealing from everyone in this episode. There was such a conflicting nature of that. Like, where is the line between that as well? Lots of lots of double standards. Right. And so I don't know if Omega is like, hmm, you know what? will Robin Hood, you know, steal steal from the wealthy to feed the poor, sort of thing. I don't know if that is something they were trying to set up in the storytelling. At least calling the episode retrieval and having stealing being such mm. a, they use the word stealing and thief several times, you know, it must be intentional.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting to think about all the stuff that they've done for Sid, like stealing from the Empire, okay, maybe they can justify it. Stealing Moochie, the Rancor, was maybe like a morally thing to do, like from the Zygarians, who, at first I thought Mako was a Zygarian We met them in the Bad Batch in that episode with the Rancor, but Maybe he's, I was talking to Scotty Holiday, who's been on our podcast before. Go look them up. They do Star Wars videos too. And we were going back and forth about whether we thought he was actually Zygarian. That's an aside. But anyway, and then like getting the spice to the pike so Sid could have her parlor back. Maybe there are morally good elements to what they have had to do in the past for Sid. Whereas this is like stealing from people you know, from everyday people out in the galaxy, and that's wrong. It also happened to them. So, yeah, there's a huge double standard there. Mako has people stealing for him, and then he yeah. steals from them, right? But yeah. the resolution of the episode is, like, they killed Mako and took over his mining town? <laughs> oh, well, they turned it into a socialist society where everyone gets equal shares of everything, and that's that was better than the way it was done previously in perhaps the more top 1% get everything and the rest of the people don't. So maybe a little bit of like, again, you had brought up a few episodes ago, like capitalism working its way into the storytelling Mm -hmm. here and money becoming a very important thing. So maybe there's a little element of that sprinkled through here as well. Here's a moment that really stuck out to me because it kind of frustrated me a little. And it's not the first time this show has done something like this, but I'm curious what you think about it. And I'm also curious, listeners, let me know what you thought about this, because uh, I'd really like to hear some other perspectives. At the end, Tech and Omega are talking, and Omega says, We've met so many Makos. I don't have the exact quote. She says the Empire isn't the only threat in the galaxy. Right. And Tech says, true, but there's also more of us or something like that, which is a very Star Wars, there's there's more of us, like Rise of Skywalker thing to say, which is great. I love the sentiment, but I don't necessarily like the execution. I understand what they're trying to get across here, but saying, but there's more of us does not change what just happened. It doesn't change the people like Mako running things. There were more slaves than there were Makos, and they were still in that situation until someone came to help them. So, there's a weird controversy there with what he's saying. Again, like, good sentiment, poor execution. Maybe the way they need to phrase those sort of lines, and like, I I don't mean to bash on the writing, because I
0: think, like, it must be intentional the way they're phrasing that. You know, we talk about the Bad Batch splitting up all the time. I think that's part of it. It's like they're delineating which side they're on of that particular equation. Omega saying, we need to help everybody. They need our help. All these people, there's so many bad people out there and we've got to liberate every single, you know, oppressed culture. And tech is like, well, there's other people that are probably doing that, too. You know, we're not the only
1: good guys. Someone will come along. Someone has come along. That's from Logan. Uh,
0: hmm, I don't remember that
1: one. From Logan? Oh, when when uh, I think it's when the, the trucks drive the horse trailer off the road and Professor X is trying to convince Logan to help. And Logan's like, someone will come along. And Professor X is like, Someone has come along, and it's you, you idiot. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) Oh, what a good movie. I got to watch that again. (laughs) It's so good. We should talk
0: about that. All right, let's (laughs) Next uh, next week, next time. I was thinking Simpsons, where Homer becomes the uh, garbage commissioner. Can't someone else do it? Don't you hate taking (laughs) your garbage out? Uh, Anyway, it's a great sentiment that there's other good people out there. And like you said, we believe that. They maybe should have rephrased it, though, to... I hope we're not the only ones, but we can do what we can. Right when, when Qui-Gon comes to Tatooine to meet Anakin, and he's like, you know, I didn't actually come here to free slaves. Episode one gets beat up a little bit because you're like, Qui-Gon, like, you could have taken Shmi. Why? Shmi's got to stay. Maybe because she's got the little chip that's going to blow up or whatever in, her, in their head, like Anakin says. That seems like an old wives' tale that they probably tell their slaves, though. But because they didn't show a scene where they took his little beeper device out. His tracker, yep. so he probably could have saved Shmi, but he didn't. And he did say, "I'm not here to free slaves. I'm here to protect the Queen of Naboo." That was my directive. I'm still freeing a slave. I'm still doing a good job. So that's another one of those morally kind of gray lines of like, what am I supposed to do? Like, good soldier, follow orders, or good soldier, you know, save the galaxy? Like, oh, I can feel like I could take on the whole galaxy myself. Like, what are you supposed <laughs> to do? And and you can't do it all. I think maybe that's what Tech is alluding to: is that I'm just one soldier. I can't fight a war for you. You know, this is right. This is right up the prequel alley, baby. Listen Mm. to the alliteration here. (laughs) Uh, But I think you're right that the framing of some of those lines, it certainly changes how you interpret them. So I I agree with you that that also rubbed me a little bit weird after Omega's statement. Why wouldn't you end on the happy-go-lucky statement and then go into the end credits? You ended on this like weird neutral middle ground that didn't
1: really negate what Omega said, but it didn't continue to uplift it yeah it doesn't solve any problems it gets to be a dangerous way of thinking when you do have that someone else will come along thought process at the end of season 1 hunter says to crosshair just because we want different things doesn't mean we have to be enemies which was the first time i was like that's an excellent sentiment but it's garbage in the context of the of what is happening right now your brother is part of like is choosing a fascist Oppressive regime, and like the we could still be friends. Don't worry, thing. And this was another one of those things for me where it's like there's more people. Well, the people need help, even if there is more of them. It's kind of like one of the points of Star Wars is that there are a lot of good people, and a lot of them need help.
0: Yeah, this is interesting. I, I wonder, you know, what the intention of the writers is in in those particular moments we're referring to. Versus, like, is it just a missed opportunity? And I, I would, I, I hate to say that because it's that's
1: not fair to say, like, well, they just didn't do a good enough job writing it and developing the idea. Right, we're not writers, and yeah, we have no idea what goes into the process. It it just seems a little bit tricky, right? There, I mean, maybe yeah. that's the intention to make you feel off put by that. You know, like the tritone. You know, like
0: you're like, hmm, how am I supposed to interpret this? Is he going to be a good guy right. or a bad guy? That's part of the storytelling. Is part of the storytelling for millennials to then question. The morality of the choices that they're making rather than just simply saying, be on this side or that side and spoon feeding it to you. I think maybe there you go. Maybe that is the intention of the writers that Mm. they truly don't agree. Figure it out for yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're you're convincing me to be less angry about it. We know that tech is much more analytical and he sees the numbers, right? He sees that there physically are more people, but just maybe doesn't understand that they need help without Omega's help. So, yeah, I was, you're, you, you softened me on it a little, <laughs> but I did get pretty... I was fuming about having this conversation. With everything we just talked about in mind, we're on episode 10 at this point. How is this working for you? The storytelling, the expectations, our, some of our speculations, some of the themes we've been talking about, how is it all working? It's working! It's working! <laughs> you always have to come into it with an open
0: mind. Like our last discussion here, you're like, you're softening my opinion. You have to give it enough time, right? Unless it's like this sugar-coated thing and everything is spoon-fed and there's explosions and the Transformers are you know, doing so much stuff on screen that you're, just, you're stimulated, right? And this is like, I feel this is the age-old question of every podcast that reviews any type of modern media. How can I just poke as many holes into this? Is it giving me immediate satisfaction? I do think when you have a 16-episode season that you obviously want to take the viewer on a ride. Every single episode can't be the banger. But every episode can still inform the general thesis for different characters. Right, like we spent a couple episodes away from the Bad Batch and vice versa. We, we spent some episodes with the Bad Batch, some episodes with just some members of the Bad Batch or pairs of them or whatever. I think in a well-rounded season, you know, we're at season 10, we can't judge this entire season yet. You have to have a little bit of all of that, you know, the patience to weather some of those storms. The mid-season arc, I think, was some of the most interesting stuff they put forward so far. And we want more of that, maybe selfishly, You want Mm -hmm. that every episode to be so freaking good, right? It's 16 episodes, so many episodes that you will have to weather the ups and the downs. It's not just like Mm. the limited series where it's a bunch of bangers, right? Or it's, you know, the book of Boba Fett where we literally go away from, you know, same thing, we go away from Boba Fett in the middle of the story, right? But maybe that could have just been four or five episodes only on the main guy and not go to the side people or whatever. So Mm -hmm. they make choices of how they're going to tell that story And it always, it works or it doesn't. Is it flashbacks? Flash forwards? Is it linear? What's the way that we're telling the story? And Star Wars seemingly loves to play with that format throughout its history. Originals, prequels, sequels. Now flashbacks are a thing. Like that's a relatively new thing in Star Wars. We haven't got any flashbacks in the Bad Batch, but we do get a lot of side quest things. And it is hard to stomach sometimes. But I really like, I'm loving this episode that, we took a moment to think a little bit deeper on smaller character moments. And at the end of the day, like that is the point. The characters and their development. I feel like we've said this before, and I feel bad to like run in circles, but we have to be willing to go on that journey with the characters, whatever that is. You know, they didn't just willy nilly fire the script into the shotgun, pull the trigger, and piece the, everything back together randomly. I think that's an Ask a Ninja episode there. He talks about like Pirates of the Caribbean 3 or something. <laughs> that's how they wrote that one. Oh, man. Remember Ask a Ninja? I am ninja. We are ninja. And I believe that you are ninja,
1: too. So link, good. Link
0: in the description. Uh <laughs> And so they designed it with a purpose. That's the problem when we start having expectations and getting mad about it is you're not looking at the purpose they've set forward. That's the work of art and you have to appreciate it for what it is. You can, of course, have expectations, but if you're going to be generous about it, that's Mm. the way you need to look at it. But that's not the innate human nature. I am enjoying it, and I think I'm enjoying it more because our conversations. If you were to just watch this week after week, you could be like, eh, whatever. I don't even remember the name of that planet. Maybe they didn't even freaking tell us the name of the planet. Who cares? Write that off. It's canonless. But that's selfish, not generous. So that's how I feel about that. But we do have six episodes left. And I certainly would love to selfishly see some really meaty stuff. But I would also love to have my heart broken, you know, and fall in love with some characters and lose some characters. Because that's the, that's really what makes the show worthwhile. For me, at least. We can all have a different take on that. And like you said, I'd love to hear what other people think about it as well. Love it or hate it. Because that that's the reason for the pod. So we can, in fact, right. debate it.
1: I think there is a very fine line between critiquing a thing and just bitching and complaining about a thing and as fans we are coming to this critically I mean that's that's what we're doing here we're trying to as I say up top of the episode analyze it and be critical of it because we love it so much that's well I'm saying we that's that's my mindset here but we are we do a lot of these like expectations and speculating and we're talking about themes that we're picking up on. And sometimes it maybe it gets selfish to do that. I, what we don't, what you and I don't do is come back and then be upset or pissed off if what we like, Gonky didn't save the day and I predicted that he would, you know, I'm just, I love these stories and I love the way you put it, like paraphrasing you maybe a little bit here. Or reiterating, not everything needs to be an action-adventure. People in the galaxy are important and we are going and meeting those people and interacting with those people the same through the lens of Clone Force 99 and Omega. And Omega is also coming at all of this very generously. It's what I love about Omega. And so I think that, again, Omega's theme might be infecting us a little bit here. Like, Mm. we are very generously discussing these episodes, but in a critical way, I didn't have a lot of notes for this episode. It's not that I didn't like it. I am very willing to just go and exist with people in the galaxy and see them and learn about them and... And see that information be absorbed by Omega, who's just a lovely character. I really, really love the way things are going, regardless of whether they hit on what you and I talk about expecting or any kind of speculations that we have. For the final six episodes, I would be surprised if, like, in the next episode, we don't go right to Crosshair. It's been, I mean, we've only seen Crosshair once this season. But regardless of all of that, regardless of when they go back and break up with Sid or whether we spend another episode just dedicated to Crosshair, there are some strings that still need to be pulled this season. I think there's like information dangling out there that they brought up that I hope we get to see. I wouldn't necessarily expect it, but I'd love to see more about the clone assassins or the dark troopers or how Crosshair fits into all of that. I'd love to see more fee. I'd love to see all the stuff we've talked about. I would love to see in the next six episodes. But the last, I think the last episodes is a two-part finale. So there's something grand being planned here. And like you said, I'm okay with just having my heart broken, meeting these people, falling in love with, uh, just like rehash everything you said, cut everything you said and put it here. I'm 100% on board. I should have said this up top because I came in hot with the no notes thing, (laughs) but I love this show and I really liked this episode, regardless of whether or not it provided a lot to analyze, I guess.
0: Fair points. Fair points. <laughs> All right, listeners. How are you feeling about the season so far? Side quests versus the banger episodes. We'd love to hear from you wherever you social media or wherever you listen to the podcast, leave some comments, leave some reviews, and let's keep the conversation going. And of course, tune in next week for more coverage on the Bad Batch. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I've been Royce. I have been a thief caught by a thief. And we've been Krypton, Krypton 2.
1: Oh, Oh no we're still on that same planet Time to order.